episode 74. Don't stop. This is the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast, home of the Seven Days of Sex Challenge, featuring your hosts, the authors of the groundbreaking new book, Stripped Down, Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And we just got off a great weekend. We did. We did. We had date day. We don't often get date day. And uh, it worked out because Tony's brother, Paul, uh, works for DreamWorks. I think we've talked about that once or twice on the show. And yesterday was the family premiere of the upcoming new movie, Kung Fu Panda 2. So go see it, please, in theaters. Yes. Um, and if you want to see Tony's brother's name, you have to wait until the very end past the HP and the Intel logos and all of that. It's very, yeah, Paul DiLorenzo. Um, yeah, it's, it's about 20 minutes into the into the yeah, credits. You, you really have to sit. Th- you're the last person <laughs> in the theater. Um, the kids and I have done this, and the kids are like, really? Can we go now? Can we go now? No, I'm like, no, we're going to see, see Paul's name. Um, but so Paul and Melissa took the kids. Yep. I know, I'm jumping right in. Like, what do we do this week? But, you know, that That's was like it. the big thing. But, you know, what was really fun for us was that we've gone to Glendale where my brother and sister-in-law live. And typically we go to their condo complex mm-hmm. and we go in and we leave. We, we don't go anywhere. We stay there. And so because the kids were with aunt and uncle, Elisa and I got to do a little exploring. Mm-hmm. And because where we live in San Diego is suburban lifestyle and you sort of have to drive everywhere you go. It was really fun being in an urban setting mm-hmm. and we were able to walk around and just sort of explore a little section of Glendale, but it was fun. We had a blast. We were, we were just walking around, looking at some new places, seeing what was there. Mm-hmm. It, it got to about lunchtime. We were starting to get hungry and we busted out the phone, started looking uh, for some places to eat. We, we found that there's a street called Brand. And and yes, for all those of you that are wondering, he did have permission to use the phone. Oh, yeah. You know, th- this wasn't one of Tony's, like, let me bust out the phone and tweet about everything. No, moments. no, no. So we're, 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 just, we're just looking for somewhere to eat. And we happened to head north on brand. We didn't know which way to go. We were sort of sitting at this, you know, this sort of this crossing. And we're like, well, let's head north. And we were walking and we really weren't seeing anything. There were some other brand... Uh, name places we could have eaten at. You mm-hmm. know, we saw an island, we saw yeah. BJ's. But, you know, we were just, I was anyways feeling, let's go get something that we wouldn't get here in San Diego. And so the stomachs are starting to grumble. And I know Lisa's just sort of like, you know, I'm getting hungry. And we just kept pushing forward and pushing on. And luckily we did. It was a beautiful, gorgeous day. It had to be in the 70s. Fantastic day. And we came across. Uh, Portillas, Patillas, Portos, Portos. That's it. All I know is <gasps> up to that point, we didn't, we saw a couple places, some outside seating, nothing looked great. Nothing really caught us, but we come to this place and it's just busting out of the seams. Like they probably had 20 outdoor tables and they were all full. It was like standing room only for the tables. And then we look inside the place and there are people Everywhere. It's the kind of place that you walk up to when you're hungry and you're like, okay, if there are this many people eating here, this is the place Place to to eat. eat. Like I have no idea what they serve, but there were so many people 
uh, all shapes, sizes, and colors. And I'm like, okay, really? Whatever it is in here, th- this is where we're having lunch. Mm-hmm. because, And I'm so glad we did. It was, I mean, this amazing bakery and these homemade sandwich. I mean, it was just... It was just out of control. We walked in there and there's lines everywhere. From what we understood or what I understood from my brother, they were one of those, I mean, one big size stores. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the one next to them had closed down right. and they bought, they bought or, the or they leased that or they're leasing that space. So it's just these two huge sections and one side is just like all their pastries. I mean, we're talking cakes and cookies and I mean, just all sorts. And then a big old coffee bar. And then the other side they had, um, like a restaurant sandwiches, the restaurant sandwiches, more sandwiches. And, and so we, we were sort of lost first off when we got in there, but it was wonderful. It was just fun to sit out on the, patio and just hang out munch on our meal chill no mm-hmm. kids you, you know and, and i'll have to say this was probably one of those times where at least and i didn't do a lot of talking mm-hmm. you know it was one of those times where we had done a number of uh, a good amount of talking driving up it's a two and a half hour drive here from san diego there so we have plenty of time to talk and it was just sort of nice just to be there in elisa's presence and not really have to say anything Right. You know, years ago when we were married and and, it, and we would do that, I'd always feel a little tense, like, oh boy. We're what, not talking. <laughs> what's what, going on? What's going on? Is is everything all right? You know, and then I'd get into this whole questioning of her and interrogating her when really there was nothing wrong, but my interrogation would get her pissed off at me, which then would lead to a crappy afternoon. And I think over the years of us just being married and talking as much as we do and communicating as well as we do these days, you know, it's just sort of nice just to sit there and, you know, every so often, well, how's your, how's your sandwich? And oh, it's good. It's like, all right, cool. And it's, it's been, you know, we were talking about last night driving home from LA. And so last weekend we had a day that we were gone and we were at the, the big hat tea. And so that was a long day of driving and spending time together. And, you know, again, this weekend we had that and we're really, you know, unexpectedly having these opportunities to just spend a lot of time talking and dreaming together. And I was thinking about that cause I, I've been gone. We're recording on Sunday and I've been gone most of the day and, and we're starting to dream together even more so than we have over the last couple of years. We're really, you know, getting refocused on this emotional intimacy where we are, you know, we're casting big dreams and big goals. And yeah, I found myself as I was driving today going, you know what? I really love dreaming with Tony, you know, and I don't think I've told you that, but it's just, you know, we're having these conversations about what we want to do with our businesses and what we want to do with our lives and, and, you know, how we want to protect the lifestyle that we have in terms of just flexibility and, and, you know, freedom and, and things like that to do those types of things. But we're, we're spending a lot more time now talking about that together and what that looks like with both of us playing a part in that. And I thought, you know, how, how blessed am I that I get to, you know, I get to have these conversations with Tony and, and we get to have these times, you know, in the car where, you know, we could just sit there in silence and sometimes we do, and that's fine. Um, but we had, we had such a relaxing day yesterday that we even at one point in time, we'd driven out to, so after we had lunch in Glendale, we drove out to Santa Monica and then just drove up the coast to Malibu and went past Malibu to a place where I'd done my first 5k, mm-hmm. um, at point Zuma Doom, beach. Zuma beach. And Tony just pulled over and said, cause I'm like, he's like, what do you want to do? I said, really? I'm just exhausted. I could pull over. Literally. I could pull over on the side of the road and just take a nap. And so I found a 
place, you know, by the side of the beach. And that's what we did. We pulled over. We opened, you know, we had the windows open. There was this beautiful onshore breeze. And we took a nap in our car in the middle of the afternoon, mm-hmm. which was exactly what we just, you know, we both needed in order to be able to drive home that night, another two and a half hours. And, you know. And, and it was perfect because what we ended up doing is we were headed, um, we were headed northbound. I did, I did a U turn, headed southbound on PCH. Coast was right to our right high on side. Again, a beautiful day. We rolled down Elisa's window, rolled down mine a little bit because I was um, on the PCH, the roadside, opened up the back windows, laid back. And I mean, we napped. I mean, I napped hard for probably a good half hour. Mm-hmm. I mean, just this beautiful breeze from the, the, from the waves or from the ocean coming in, listening to those waves crashing. It's just good. And, and, you know, here we are, we're on a date day and I'm thinking, okay, so we had a lunch where we didn't say much and we took a nap together in the car by the side of PCH, Pacific Coast Highway, for those of you that don't know what PCH is, and just spent time in each other's presence, mm-hmm. enjoying, enjoying the silence. It wasn't awkward. It was just like, you know what? We're just having a comfortable day together. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just, it, it kind of ties into, well, it doesn't kind of, you know, we, you know, everything's got a purpose when we're on the air, but you know, today's topic is don't stop. And it, it, you're going to see how that kind of plays out into, you know, some of the um, emails that we've received from listeners over the last week. But you guys have heard this, every relationship coach, every counselor, every, everybody talks about, you know, you got to date your spouse. Right. And whether it's, you know, the kids are in bed and you're like, let's pull out a board game and just have fun. Let's cuddle up on the couch and watch a movie. Let's go for a walk. Let's go out to whatever your thing is. Be intentional about it. You know, you can have those silent times together, just being in each other's presence. You don't have to jabber off each other's ear on, you know, whatever the topic might be. Sometimes it's just enough just to be together. Mm hmm say, you know, we're just, we're spending the day together. And it's taken us years to get to that point though. I think, I think early on in our marriage, you know, the silence would sometimes be deafening. It was just an awkward and awkward. And as we've grown, it's okay. It's all right. I mean, there's obviously times when it is awkward. And I think every, all of us who've been married for many years can understand that. Um, for those of you who are younger in your marriage, it, you might not be there, or you may. But I, I will say, over the years, it is nice just to be around Elisa and not necessarily have to say anything. Mm-hmm. There's something, um, gosh, it, it's it's just it's it can be very romantic. It can be very filling. It can be very. Um, it's just it's almost like love. Without words. Oh, that's actually a very romantic way to describe that. The silence, love without words. You're welcome. Aw. Okay, everybody, aw with me. Aw. <laughs> so, shifting gears slightly because yep. I got a little fired up this week. Um, don't stop. Topic for tonight's podcast, today's podcast, whenever you're listening to this. Um, we talk about a lot of things week in and week out 
that you need to be doing to be moving your marriage forward. Right. To be moving your relationship forward. And every once in a while we get an email that will fire up one or the other of us. And this week it was my turn. And I'm going to share this email with you and I'm going to you know, very much tie it into um, why I called this episode Don't Stop. And this is a message that we got, I guess it was a little bit more than a week ago, but um, from a new listener who said, hi guys, I've just discovered your podcast and was going, back, going through back episodes to see if my problem was covered, but I've gotten impatient and I'm just going to write. First of all, we love that there are 73 episodes um, and we've covered a lot of material and sometimes it's not so easy to scroll through the topics and find out if your particular question's been answered. So feel free to write. Um, you can always reach me at askalisa at oneextraordinarymarriage.com or asktony at oneextraordinarymarriage.com and I will have to say though, we sometimes don't remember what we talk about in every episode now. So if we don't and we can't put you to the right episode, we'll email you. Exactly. Um, but she goes on to say, my husband and I had a very active sex life before our baby. My libido was greater than your average wife. I couldn't dream of turning my husband down. Then after the baby, nothing. I couldn't care less about sex. Occasionally I'll be in the mood, but that usually passes before we do anything about it. By the time we get to bed, all I can think about is sleep. The prospect of sex doesn't sound attractive at all. We're nine months post-baby at this point. I've gone to more mature married women and respectable books for advice, but all I hear is that I'm the one responsible for making myself want sex more. I need to primp and dress up. I need to pray about it. I need to think about sex all day long. And if all else, all else fails, just grin and bear it because it's my responsibility. If I'm not the one who wants sex, why is it my job to make sure we're having sex? In my opinion, if my husband isn't making sex worth my time and effort, he doesn't have a right to sex with me. If he wants to have sex, he needs to give me a reason to look forward to it. But right now, it's just another thing on my to-do list. And I have to tell you guys, my hands are sweating as I read this, and that doesn't happen very often um, because I feel really strongly about a lot of things that came through this message. And I have responded to this listener, and, and some of it is going to be exactly what I share um, with all of you tonight. My first response to this was, I feel really bad for her husband. Um, granted, I only know one side of the story, the side that comes in on the emails, but there's a lot going on in this marriage. Mm -hmm. And at nine months post-baby, you know, I don't know if there have been issues with the baby um, that have caused things to happen, but I got really fired up because if it's just one more thing on your to-do list you've stopped putting your husband first in your marriage. And if you're sharing with me that it's on your to-do list, at the bottom of the list, I'm guessing in this scenario that you've probably also shared that message with your husband, either verbally or non-verbally. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's, it's firing me up just to listen to, just to have read it and be sharing it with you guys. Um, and why is it firing you up so much? It fires me up because the rejection and, and I, I have, I can put myself back three years ago, four years ago before we did our first challenge where rejection was commonplace in our marriage mm -hmm. on my part, rejecting you. And I know the damage that I was doing to our, you know, in hindsight, I can totally see the damage that I was doing 
right. to our relationship that, you know, the kids or reading a book or, you know, anything else was more important than you. Brushing your teeth. Brushing my teeth. Doing I, your midnight mask. I, you know, whatever. Taking a real, real, real long shower. You name it. I mean, I, I, I could have written the book on excuses mm-hmm. and rejection. And, you know, I read this and the whole thing, if my husband isn't making sex worth my while, then he doesn't have a right to have sex to me. Sex is not a right in marriage. You know, it's not like you put the ring on your finger and now you suddenly you have a right to each other's bodies. You know, like, wow, you know, you should want to be intimate with your spouse. Mm-hmm. It should be a desire of your heart that this person that you have said, I, I pledge to love you and to, to be your partner for the rest of our lives. Our vows said, as long as life shall last. Mm-hmm. You should want to desire that. You, know, you should want and you should desire that person. And, you know, it's not, it's not a one-sided thing. He shouldn't have to be doing all the work for it to be for it to happen in your marriage. Well, and if he is and he is constantly getting rejected because of your your notion that he needs to work to get it and then you reject him more than a couple times, maybe a handful of times, eventually as husbands, we start to give up. We give up. Uh, I mean, some of you guys out there may be a little more tenacious. Some may be less. But after a while, it gets old. And, you know, it, why should we go after you if we know we're going to constantly get rejected? Uh, absolutely. And that was, you know, one of the things that I wrote back to her is, you know, I don't know what else is going on in your marriage. I don't know if he feels a tremendous financial burden with the family dynamic shifting. I don't know if you've made it very clear to him that the baby takes precedence over him. I don't know if, you know, I I don't know if you've changed, you know, if you haven't made clear boundaries around your family. I mean, sometimes when, you know, couples have a baby, grandparents get super involved. Mm -hmm. And again, the husband gets pushed to the bottom of the list. And the other thing that really got me fired up in my response um, was that, you know, she talked about all of the things that she's done that, you know, she has sought out counsel from mature married women and respectable books. And yet she discounted all of the advice. You know, she discounted that she has responsibility in this equation that, you know, primping and dressing up, um, praying about it, thinking about it, and sometimes just doing it. And so my response to that was, well, we wrote two chapters in our book about priorities. One, (laughs) or, uh, you know, about some of these topics we wrote from the top down. That's our first chapter. Uh, Very first chapter. We talked about God first, spouse second, then children, then everything else. Work, then everything else. You know, so, so that's, you got to have your priorities in line. Right. Because if your children are at the top and they're the most important thing, it's pretty obvious to the spouse that they're not important. 
and I understand you have, you have, you know, a nine month old. And so there are lots of demands on you as a mother. I've been there, Mm -hmm. but there are some glaring issues in this marriage that tell me that the husband doesn't even feel that there's a value. And, And here's the thing. You need to get it straight now. If your kid's nine months old, don't do like we did and and took us years to figure this out. Get it right now. Elise and I have done small groups on our book trip down and we've been in there and we've gone over the first chapter and we have those that are participating. What does that order look like in your life? And we have them go around the room and tell this and no kidding. When the kids are on top, if work is on top, Man, you can see the spouse going, yeah, and it it bugs me. I mean, the conversations that come out of it are pretty intense, and they're necessary. So I want to say for those of you out there who are listening right now, and you're going, yeah, man, my my life is flipped upside down, you know? We're, We're running around. Our schedules are packed. We got this and this and this and this and this, and everything comes before the two of you it might be time to pick up our book and read just chapter one for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Heck, I don't even think you got to buy our book to get read chapter one. I think you can go to Amazon and just put stripped down by Tony DeLorenzo and you'll get the first chapter for free. You know, come on folks. It's, I want to sometimes say it's simple. It's not our lives are, our lives are, are crazy, but if we don't hone in on each other and we don't grab it quickly, and understand it quick enough, things can get out of control fast. Well, and that's that's where I want to tie this in with this particular lesson. Don't stop trying on your marriage. No. Oh, no, D- no. Don't stop doing the things. Whatever was working before the baby, yes, I know the dynamic has changed. There is another human being in your marriage, and three is a different dynamic than two. And, and body image may be... Absolutely. ...come into play. I mean... There's a lot of stuff we know. Elisa, you know, gained weight, didn't look good, didn't feel sexy. I mean, I'm sitting here in the middle, going, well, "What the hell do I do?" Mm-hmm. You know, it's like um, I I don't understand where I am here. You know, and what eventually helped was Elisa being able to talk to me about it because I wasn't sure where I was supposed to even be in this whole equation because I felt left out. You know. And it's just the letting your spouse know that, hey, this is what's going on. It's not going to last forever, you know. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you need to be scheduling those times when you are spending with them. And that's something Elisa and I didn't do that we should have done much better way back when. Mm -hmm. You know, have the conversation. Understand that this little thing requires a lot of our time. But where's our time? schedule it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying it has to be sex. You guys know that. There are, there are six forms of intimacy we have. And we needed and we should have been applying or getting into those each and every week some way somehow. And and we weren't. And No, not at all. You know, the other chapter that I had referenced to her is our very last chapter in the book and that's called Prayer Works. And you know, the discounting of, you know, seeking, I'm so thrilled that she had sought out advice from mature married women because those of us that have been married more than 
24 hours sometimes it seems like um you know and I say that in jest but those that have been married a long time there's a reason they've been married a long time you know and if they're in marriages that are growing and flourishing then those are the women that you need to seek out I do talk about prayer. I think prayer is vital, not only to my, to my marriage and to my family, but you guys know, I talk about prayer and sex a lot. I think they go hand in hand because mm-hmm. I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt when I have zero desire for Tony, but it's his night to initiate, I start praying because mm-hmm. if he's making a move, then I start saying, okay, God, you know, I got nothing tonight and I know it's his night and uh, I could use a little help here. Uh, and sometimes that's, that's exactly what my prayer is. It sounds just like what I just said, you know, and I know that Tony has prayed for me sometimes to get in the mood. Yeah. And you know, and vice versa, you know, this isn't just a female or wife thing. I mean, there have been times when I am beat down tired and I've had a long day and I have a lot on my mind and I'm thinking ahead of what I need to get done tomorrow. And Elisa decides to initiate sex. And I need to sit there and just go, okay, God, my wife is coming on to me and I need to be fully here for her. Please, Lord, arouse my desire for her. Mm -hmm. Let me be present in this time so that I am pleasing to her. You know, there are times when us guys just aren't all there, nor do, you know, it, it goes both ways. I, it, the stereotype is guys who always got a hard on and always wants to have sex and the, the female doesn't. It flips too. Mm-hmm. You know, it does. And some of you who are getting older in years, I mean, there's hormonal stuff that's happening. We hear about that as well. So I have done that myself. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the things that as we're talking about this, I'm thinking we had um, Elisa Bowman who wrote a follow-up to the seven days of sex challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, she from actually, project happily, happily ever, ever after. after. She yeah. actually, um, in her summary or her follow-up piece to the one that she had written prior to it, talked about the fact that sometimes just having more sex increases that desire. Yeah. A- and I'm paraphrasing, but we'll put a link. Yeah, we'll put a show link. Notes. Um, but she was really surprised because she and even says, you know, I didn't think much of challenges prior to doing this. But what I found was that when you get in that mindset, it leads to being in that mindset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it perpetuates itself. And we heard that from other fans during the last week or two weeks ago when we did the challenge, that sometimes it's just a matter of saying, you know what, we're going to do this. And sometimes I might not be in the mood, but what I want to say specifically to this email is, and I've already said it once, don't stop working on your marriage. Don't make it another item on your to-do list. Elevate it to the point where, you know, sometimes you just got to dig deep for that desire and it may not be there a hundred percent, but I'm guessing right now it's about 5% and you're just going to have to dig deep and say, you know what? I'm going to give him 50% tonight. Cause that's all I can muster. But right now I think this guy would be thrilled with 50%. Yeah. You know, and you guys may have different responses to this particular message. I'd love to hear them, but it's one that 
I actually had to wait a few days to respond to because I was so, Tony said I had smoke coming out of my ears. Yeah. So So you can comment when we post it up on Facebook or comment on the actual post when we put it on one extraordinary marriage.com now switching gears a little bit because we got that message and then we got this other message um and we heard from this listener after episode two or three, three. after episode three so 71 episodes ago and she actually um i would say is vitally responsible for the level of transparency that you guys have had over the last year plus yeah, on this podcast, because when we got her first message, um, it forced us to look at what this podcast was going to be and how we were, what we were going to do, what we were going to say and how we were going to present ourselves and who we were. Yep. And you can go back to episode four to listen to that first email she sent which by the way we read parts of it yeah we read parts of it and then we responded as well and and by the way um she's been listening from the beginning and we just we do love you i mean honestly wow i look back how how a year and a half now and, and to remember i can still remember that message coming in and how i felt but you know what it her message was vital like elisa said and you know, when we do get emails from her, um, it was, it's Jean, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we get messages from Jean, it, it, they're always awesome now. So I don't, I don't take them, I don't take them harshly. You know, the first one I did, I, I've been at this for now for a year and a half. So whatever hits, hits. And I, and I just love hearing from you guys. Um, but she just has a special place in our heart because she did. She, she pushed us then. And, and she still does. And she still does, which is, which is great. But here, here's it. what she had to say. She said, Hey, Lisa, I was listening to your podcast this week and thought I'd take a minute to uh, pop in and give you my two cents, something I'm sure you love from me, which we do. Which we do. And uh, here's the title of this week's podcast. Don't stop. That's it. Don't stop. I can honestly say I have listened to every one of your podcasts. And most of the time, I'm just not on the same page as you and Tony for a variety of reasons. One example being that at times I think your scope and perspective is at times limited. I feel like you are only talking to one type of couple, which may not include dual working professionals with community obligations. But I I do want to put this in, Jean. We are dual working professionals. I have a business that has supported this family for eight years. Elisa runs a Leah Sophia business that is growing, that takes her out of this house probably five nights a week, driving and generating income for our family. On top of that, for all you moms out there who are stay-at-home moms, you're professionals. In my eyes, if you're at home, you're a professional because you're doing something that is going to make a difference in generations to come. So going to put that back at you because don't discount what Elisa does. And we do have a lot of community obligations. Yes. Um, just in terms of things that kids are involved in, things that we're involved in, there there is quite a bit that goes on there. Yep. Um, let's see. For your for example, your comments on debt and finance would never apply or work for our household. We don't see debt as a bad thing for a number of reasons. Obviously, too long to go into here. A perfect example is your comment this week about Tony stating that he is serving you by driving. 
That comment from my husband would have pissed me off. It would betray the partnership model of marriage we have. And yet the same comment was so comforting and loving for you. I have also been left uneasy after a podcast such as your podcast about finding a spiritual church home where I couldn't help wondering whether God wanted and needed you in the smaller congregation with older families. And you missed that by searching for what felt right for you and Tony. And, and on that point, I no, And I think, sure, I, 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 I think these are good points and people are probably thinking about that even in their own lives. I mean, they're probably sitting somewhere and they're going, do I leave? Do I not? I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. We do and we move forward. And I will tell you this. If we hadn't left where we were, you wouldn't have been able to listen to us for 74 episodes now. This would have never happened. This would not have happened. And I do believe that we may have been able to touch lives there. And I hope we did touch lives there when we were there. But I do know that if we hadn't left, this wouldn't have been here. And the impact that we have each week is amazing. And for us to sit in small groups with couples and walk them through intimacy issues wouldn't have happened. So I understand where you're coming from. Um, Nobody knows. I guess when we get to the pearly gates, I'll sit there and ask Jesus. I'm just sorry. I just had to laugh because I was imagining that conversation. (laughs) Um, Okay. So she says, please note, I'm not saying that you did anything wrong. It was just my reaction after the podcast. And that reaction left me uneasy or the times I have thought Tony has acted like a spoiled brat wanting to prove a point as opposed to listening to you. Thankfully addressed by other posters, making me less uneasy for feeling that way. Like I was being too hard on both of you. And that is, that is something, you know, whether it's, you writing in or people that have called in, you know, we're human. Yeah. And I I do have to say as the one usually on the receiving end of that, I'm very thankful that I don't have to always be the one to point that out to Tony, that if you guys hear something and vice versa, um, if you guys hear something that one of us does, you're quick to call us on it. In that episode too, I will have to say we got a lot of comments back and the next week, the next week I said, and I, and I remember this distinctly still. It's weird how my memory can work. But I remember sitting there going, I don't want to hear your apology. Your apology. I want to be right. right. And I remember people emailing me back going, darn it, that's me too. And I remember going through that episode. And I can't remember which episode it is right now, folks. And I wish I could. But I remember working through that episode going, you know what? I'm going to start working on that Mm -hmm. because it's not about me being right. It's about me. It's about me humbling myself before Elisa and just going, your apology is accepted and we're going to move on. And our dynamic has changed a lot since then. Oh yeah. Again, we grow. and, And that's, you know, that's why when Tony had thrown out two episodes ago, you know, maybe we should think about ending this. And I'm like, that's where this came from. Um, you know, we, we get so much from this and you're right. We don't, we can't speak to every married couple scenario because, you know, we talk about our marriage Mm -hmm. and when you guys write in and we share things from you, we talk about your marriages, but you know, I, I appreciate what she's saying here in that, um, actually let me read this next part because she hits it right there. 
She says, but no matter how much I seem to differ or get frustrated or am left uneasy after a podcast, you two do a great job. No matter what, you can see the true caring you have for the sacrament of marriage and the desire to share that with others who may be in need. And even if your specific messages and or solutions are not right for everyone, there is no way that your podcast doesn't get every listener thinking and reflecting on their own marriages and relationships in general, including with children. This is an amazing service, and while there may be no immediate financial reward from it or ever, I just think you have a damn good thing going on here. No matter how critical I can be, I can be at a time. I can be at a time at a time be about individual podcaster viewpoints, or I certainly hope your spirit of service would overcome your interest in financial gain. Once again, just my two cents. Take it for what it's worth. Gene, no. thank you. Yeah. I mean, we your comment here about don't stop um like i said it actually titled this week's podcast and we now have no intention in the immediate or foreseeable future for stopping this podcast um but i also want to say to you and the other listeners out there don't stop giving us your two cents you know when when you take the time to share your thoughts with us and and to say you know what sometimes i think you guys totally missed the mark mm mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm sure we do completely miss the mark. And it's awesome to have folks like you out there to say that because we learn and we put it into practice in our marriage. Mm -hmm. And when we put it into practice in our marriage, then we get to come behind these mics and share it with the whole community. Absolutely, That impacts thousands and thousands and thousands of marriages. So by all means, I mean, totally, Gene, I love that you email us. You, 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 you always hit it on the mark and I can appreciate that. And I do have to say, you know, because after that, the, the first message, I'm like, I don't know if she's ever going to listen again. And so to hear that you've listened to every single podcast um, actually blew me away yeah. when, I, when I first read the message and um. And I appreciate what you have to say because you have listened to yeah. them all. Every once in a while, we'll get somebody that listens to one episode, like the most recent episode, and then they'll just blast, you know, us. blast us on something. And because we've never heard from them before, it's like, well, do you, do you know what we talk about? Do you, have you listened to more than one? Because, you know, it's like anything. If you just get a snapshot, you don't know the whole picture. Um, but those of you that have been longtime listeners we love that you have that history with us. And those of you that are just getting started, we can't wait to have the history with you because your stories become our stories. Your feedback helps us to not stop growing. I mean, it would be very easy for us to fall into ruts and to get stagnant, but because you push us, we don't stop. Right. You know, we don't stop trying to figure out ways to relate to each other, to relate to you. Right. To, to encourage you in your marriages mm-hmm. because we know that there are lots of challenges out there and you know, we face them. There are some weeks and we, I know we've said this before. There are some weeks that, you know, you're just kind of going along. You're like, Oh, this is good. This is good. This is good. And then bam, out of the blue, you're like, what just happened? You know, is it a full moon? Is it, you know, we, we were doing great. And then all of a sudden out of left field, you're like, who is this person I'm sleeping with? Yep. We've been there. We've been there. And you know, you don't, you've heard us on this podcast talk about those days and those weeks. And, and sometimes we're just 
doing it right in the middle of the podcast. Yeah. Um, it's it's been a wild ride and it's amazing. We're we a long discussion this yesterday when we were driving about what we're gonna do with one and what we've decided is, you know, we're gonna keep on podcasting. Mm-hmm. If those of you out there who are listening would love to purchase our book, we would love it. That's how we are able to just pay for the what we got going on. Are we going to do more at this point in time? Probably not. You'll see us out on Facebook. We're going to still do our seven days of sex challenge. We're going to do stuff like that because we believe that we are impacting lives and we hear from you guys that we are. So we're not going to, we're not going to stop anytime soon. As long as we got something to say, we'll, we'll be here and we'll be talking. We got, uh, these other things that we're, we're doing and we're going to look at those as ways to generate income. And that can support our family. Exactly. And th- and that's a really good point. I mean, over the last couple of weeks, this very much ties into um, Jean's point about whether or not this is a financially profitable venture. We've come to the conclusion that one as a ministry works for us. Mm-hmm. You know, would we love to see it be income producing? Sure. Are we gearing ourselves up for that? No because it's important to us to have this time together. It's important whenever we get a message from somebody, we talked 74 episodes ago and said, we're not even sure if we have anything to say that anybody's going to want to listen to. But if we can help one marriage, Mm -hmm. it will all have been worth it. And what we realized over this last week is that that's still where our heart is. Yeah. If we can help one marriage, if one couple just take some time, like Jean says, to hear a message and go, you know what? We need to talk about this. How does this, how does this, you know, dynamic work in our marriage? What's going on here? You know, I heard Tony and Lisa and they said this thing today. Um, Can we just sit down and talk about it? If we get one couple talking, if we get one couple to look at each other and say, you know what? Let's work on our marriage. It's all worth it to us. Yeah. There doesn't have to be any zeros attached to that. God's got us right where he wants us doing what we need to be doing on this podcast. And so we're not going anywhere. We're not worried about the zeros. This is about this community. It's about having people like Gene write in and say, don't stop. Mm-hmm. It's about us being able to tell others, don't stop. Yeah. You know, that is something, you know, if you take anything away from this week's podcast, don't stop working on your marriage. Don't stop. Don't stop loving. Don't stop growing. Don't stop asking. Keep it. Keep it going. It's what it's about. You know, it's like I tell my kids all the time. You have the power to make the difference in your life. You have all of that power. Look at your spouse and say, don't stop. Mm-hmm. We're not going to stop. Whatever area of intimacy you need to work on, we're not going to stop. And think of how, if, if the two of you are on the same page with that, think of how much power that brings to your marriage. Think of how much stronger the two of you can be if that's your mindset. We're not going to stop all of a sudden you've got this united front 
that becomes impenetrable because you're on the same page. We're not stopping. We're growing. We're working on this. We're, we're putting this effort in. You're a formidable wall. It's amazing what you can do when you don't stop. This week, grab your spouse. Go tell them you love them. Give them a hug. Let them know it. Don't stop working on that marriage wherever it may be. You could be at extraordinary level. Keep on doing it. All right. Have a fantastic week, everyone. We love you guys and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast. We would love to hear from you. You can go ahead and give us a call at area code 858-876-5663 or send us an email to info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. The website is oneextraordinarymarriage.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our Marriage Minute Monday newsletter and you can also purchase Tony and Elisa's new book, Stripped Down. It's available now in print, audio, and ebook formats. Also, the One Extraordinary Marriage Podcast has sponsorship opportunities available now. If your business is interested in sponsoring this podcast, please contact us at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Thank you.